All right, and welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm Connor, and I'm here as always with Calvin. Hey, thanks for having me. And we have Katya back on. Hello. And I don't want to say special guest, but like, welcome back. It's been a minute. Jaden's back on the podcast. Hello. We've uh, we've been excited to have you back. No, it's been busy, but uh, it's cool to, to have you back on and to talk about a movie that I know you love. Oh, Licorice so much. Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Such an appetizing name. Oh my goodness. Uh, apparently that's a... It's a callback to record stores that were in that area that the uh, director, Paul Thomas Anderson, I think Calvin told me because the name didn't make any sense to me, but Licorice Pizza, it was a, a reference to what vinyl looked like, oh. like a big black disc. Makes like sense. Licorice There's pizza. so much record store references. So. <laughs> it's all about record <laughs> yeah, stores. Yeah, they're just out there the whole time. That's yeah, one of his ventures that was cut was selling licorice pizzas. Oh. Instead oh for goodness. Soggy Bottoms. <laughs> soggy Bottoms bottom and Record Store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Paul Thomas Anderson had directed films like uh, There Will Be Blood, which is, I think, a great, great movie. Uh, Phantom Thread. And uh, uh, what is The Masters? He also the Master, it. yeah. I mean, he's made some really, really good dramas. Right. I had higher hopes for this. Yeah, apparently it's kind of loosely based on adventures he had growing up with his friend Gary. Uh, so I don't... A lot of elements of this movie feel really fantastic, and there's no way any of this could be true. So I think it's kind of a loose retelling, but I don't know Paul Thomas Anderson, so I, I can't speak to how truthful the events of this are, but I kind of just want to get into uh, our first impressions. Uh, Jaden, what did you think of this one? It, that it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a good movie. I was uh, very uninterested right away. And is that more because of the characters, or is it because the, the kind of the story? Is it the is it the content or is it the because I actually think some of the characters are, are pretty great. I some think of the characters are good. Yeah. Like I actually don't mind Gary for some of it, um, but yeah, just in the very like the way the movie starts, I'm like this is just awkward. Right, right off the bat. I thought Gary had a lot of charisma. Yeah, and uh, it was something Calvin and I had talked about before. It's a kind of this like scrappy street, you know, uh, street rat who's gonna like make a name for himself, but he doesn't really have that look of like your typical like came from the bottom and rose to the top kind of look. No. He's kind of a... He's a, not from the streets. Yeah, kind of a so, pudgy nerd kid who, yeah. like, dresses well. Yeah, he looks like uh, he came from a street where there were a lot of bakeries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and many pastries as a child. But I actually, I I think the thing that's most captivating about this movie is is his charisma. And he's not your classic good-looking lead actor who's going to, you know, make the girls swoon. And the fact that he's able to kind of pull that off throughout the movie is, I think, the most interesting part of it. Yeah. But uh, Katya, what do you think of this one? Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, it's kind of like he was a child actor and now he's got all these crazy schemes. But um, I would have loved if it was about that, just this crazy scheme. Or if it was two young boys as friends and one was going the actor route, one was going the Hollywood route or like the sales route or whatever. And no romance. Because, yeah, it didn't make sense from the beginning. Nope. I, w- I had really high expectations because the trailer seemed touching and quirky and it just seemed like an automatically, oh, they pulled it off. This is going to be a funny movie no matter what. It's going to be cute. But I did not feel that way. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think uh, one of the things that I would like to compare this to is Sandlot. And that's just a story about a, a group of kids who get into kind of hijinks together. Mm-hmm. And it's about their wacky adventure. And I kind of wish this movie was just that. Yeah. And I'd say the same thing. My... I had higher hopes for it because, yeah, PTA coming in uh, with a new movie. It's been four years. You have Cooper Hoffman, who is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son and looks every bit of him. When you told me that, it that's when it clicked in my head. I was like, oh, my God, 
you're so right. It just it just took you saying Hoffman, and all of a sudden I was like, I made the connection. You're so right. They look so much alike. Yeah. So the the thing though is is that this is not a cohesive piece. This is really three different things going on at one time. It's um wacky adve- wacky teen adventures. It's um romance between the two leads, and there's a lot of uh, commentary and um, exploration of the the inauthenticity of Hollywood. I think they all work in three separate veins, and none of them are tied together at any point other than the fact that they're happening in the same scene, but they're not connected in terms of um, from theme to theme or character to theme. There's no point that where, where you can make the association between these saying the same thing and adding to uh an overall argument or like an idea of what this film is so for that reason it's it's really disappointing because they're on its own these elements are working fairly well except for i'd say the romance the romance i think is it's mind-boggling how bad it works (laughs) um so if you throw that out this whole movie gets better even if these associations between the elements aren't even improved but on top of that nothing is tied together so a very disappointing effort. Do not understand the best. I mean, I kind of understand the best picture nominee uh, thing because it's Paul Thomas Anderson. There's some good elements. And, you know, there just weren't a lot of good options. Yeah. we. Part, part of the reason why we're talking about this is, you know, the Oscars just happened and we, we had covered some movies that were nominees. And then following that, we wanted to uh, cover some more than best picture nominees. And so we've talked about some other films uh, prior to this, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it felt like it felt like I had watched international films, like movies that got nominated for Best International Film that I thought were certainly better than this. And again, it's just, it's such a head scratcher. It's like, why are those films not included in Best Picture? Uh, it, it's it's confusing to me, especially a movie that I think is was marketed as a movie about Bradley Cooper. <laughs> oh my God. And then God. He, ends up, he ends up being such a small role in this. And like even a, a part of the trailer is Bradley Cooper smashing the the side mirrors on a car. And that's just an end credit scene. I think this movie is very deceiving in how it was put out. And I will always be frustrated with studios that, that go about it in that way. I think deceiving your audience in order to get them into the seats is... It's moral. Yeah. It, it makes, <laughs> like Hollywood. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah it, it makes me it's really untrustworthy about it. inauthentic as this movie. Right. <laughs> so we talked about it being an odd relationship. It's between Alana and Gary. And we're told right off the bat there's a 10-year age gap between them. <laughs> Which might be more. But I... Yeah, I love how <laughs> both of them mess up uh, the ages in their stories. Like, yeah. uh, how old is Greg? He's eight. Oh, he's, nine. he's nine, yeah. <laughs> you can't even eat your own... Str- and then another point where she says uh, that she's 28 after saying she was 25. Right, right. Yeah. So I... I, In the context of this movie, we, we will be talking about a movie in the future called Harold and Maude. And there's an even bigger age gap in that. It's a 19-year-old and uh, someone who's about to turn 80. And in the context of that movie, it's quirky, it's fun, and the romance between them feels kind of organic and earned. Mm -hmm. In this story, I don't think this movie has the same sense of fun. And it's not building up that love in a way that makes me feel like this relationship is earned. I just want to know right off the bat, like in the context of this movie, does that relationship work well for you? And does it even, does it seem like feasible? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, not at all. Yep. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any point to to needing it there. Mm-hmm. It seems like the only thing that's in like the way of the movie is that's absolutely people. true. Yeah, yeah. That is the most 
succinct way you could have put it. Yeah. The, the love story is in the way of the movie. I totally agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. It's completely distracting from what I wanted to see. Yeah. yeah. And it's especially the, the way that the, the movie starts with, with it. That whole first sequence about making the uh, romance and the relationship between these two characters clearly the point. But we provided no context for these characters that we don't understand their motivations or their quirks. So this whole thing is us trying to figure out what is going on, what is a lie, what isn't. And those things are so distracting that we can't actually focus on whether the there's a, a relationship between them or whether anything's actually budding because we're just like, who... What is going on? <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. I like the scene where Alana's talking to her sister and she says, uh, do you think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends? I think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends. And to me, that's just what you make the movie then. Yeah. Just make it about the adventures that they go on. And that is a much more, it's a much more functional narrative to me. It's something I can like grab onto and... It's way more palatable. Yeah, and I'm more involved with and I can sympathize or I can, I can... It makes the characters more relatable. But when you make it a love story and you have a montage at the end about them running, yeah, it 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 shouldn't be a love story. I do, I just don't think it's a it's a big misstep in a film that I think could have kind of earned the title of being a best picture nominee. But when you add the romance, it doesn't fit very well to me. Yeah, because it could have been yeah a coming of age story, right? And anything else. Okay, so next I want to move on to Gary. What is what does he want? What is the motivation behind this character? I think he's just kind of a, a kid on his grind, like the, the kind of hustle of his life. But like, wh- what is his story and what is he going through? Um, I think he wants jawbreakers, man. Right. Have you ever seen like Ed, Ed and Eddie? <laughs> yeah. It's like he's Eddie. He's just come up with all these schemes. He wants to be successful and everything. He wants to win the girl that he wants, even though it's like completely unnecessary. I think he like, like overshoots for everything. Like he wants to be a successful businessman, an actor, a dated person who's, 10 or more years older than him even right. though he's a teenager he just wants to be more than what he can be I think that's a good way to narrow down his character I yeah. mean, he is he, I think you're right he is Ed he's Eddie Eddie that's yeah, yeah, yeah. like he is he's 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 scheming for the next big his next big break you know mm-hmm. and so I like I like that uh, kind of pinpointing like the, that motivation of the character I think yeah. it makes a lot of sense yeah he just wants to go out and get it <laughs> I mean he's like this kid it's just so weird because he looks like this um Sorry, Jaden, but this like old card salesman, car salesman. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> like that's, that's what he's gonna. That's grow not up what to I be. do. <laughs> <laughs> like one day, that's what he's gonna be. Like he's got that vibe now. Oh, so I for sure him. was watching. I was like, he'd probably be pretty good at my job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a salesman. He's a show guy now. He's 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 learned everything, and arguably should be beyond where someone like Alana is in understanding how this game works. But he's still a fifteen-year-old, so it's hard to say what he really wants or if he knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. It is kind of nice to need to compare them because I, I think he is further along in like mm-hmm. what he knows he can do and what he can be successful at. And that's something that I think Alana struggles with is she kind of doesn't know where she fits in and she isn't fulfilled. And so to juxtapose that with a character who's much younger than her and is su- successful in what he's doing, I think part of the movie becomes kind of tough to track and alienating in a way because... He's opening up these storefronts. You know, he's selling hot tubs. He's opening up a pinball arcade. Water beds, you mean. <laughs> what did I say? Hot tubs. Hot tubs. Would be hot tubs. This is, this, you said I, last I, night wow. that you would say this. I oh, yeah. man. That sounds, uh, that sounds way sleazier, too. Also, it's a better name for soggy bottoms. Is yeah. Hot hot tubs. Tubs. yeah. That doesn't make you horny. <laughs> I'm glad no. you called me out because I did say that last yeah. night. I was like, I guarantee I will say hot tub and not water. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just like this, it's this kid, like, 
it's cool to see someone like in their element, it seems, and how he progresses through the story. Well, and that's what I find so interesting about um, the way the movie starts is because you don't have any context for who this is. It's, so it's very hard to understand what's going on when he when he talks about himself being an actor. Is like okay, the, I mean, how small are these are these movies? Yeah, that, that was the first thing. Like, if you're telling the truth, then like who, what, you know, under one roof, like what is that? Like some some tiny made for TV movie and like a one market um if you're even telling the truth um because i remember I, there was a kid in my uh elementary school who said he was uh he played anakin skywalker and <laughs> yeah but he just didn't want his name in the credits because he wanted to stay anonymous <laughs> as he's telling the entire lunchroom that he played anakin skywalker yeah. <laughs> did he look no, skywalker? No, his name was dallas <laughs> dallas yeah i was like yeah right dallas. And you just like live in arvada colorado yeah he's like you're like dude you're you're in arvada like, this yeah. is not this is not the destination for anakin anakin hates sand <laughs> and that's so it's so easy to refute too like there are interviews with the kid yeah like yeah. it's so easy to know that he's lying too yeah what a, kids are wild man oh yeah. i know exactly and so that's what yeah like you that you have that infinite idea of like how kids can be grifters like that because that's just like you know they don't really know necessarily the consequence of lies or anything. Yeah. And what we spend so long trying to compartmentalize like who this character is and what he, what he's even doing, what his motivation is that we don't have the context for his actions until like halfway through the movie at best. Like there's the one uh, where he's fighting with uh, the one scene where he's fighting with Alana. And she says that the world just, you just think the world re revolves around Gary Valentine, what Gary Valentine wants. He's like, yep, it does. And you don't know if he's saying that just to be like, you know, just to be a douche to, to her and like win the argument. Or if he's like actually serious about it because we're playing these, um, you know, we're playing these elements so even handedly. Like we don't know what he's thinking. These are just, these are both adventures and both schemes I don't know what you're trying to say by either of them because I don't know your character yet. Mm -hmm. Will you go back and watch the the movie again and understand it with the from the premise that he is a, a hustler, a grifter? That first sequence is really, really good, but it, everyone else is not editing the sequence for eight months to understand who this character is, and it, without providing us the clues to what we're supposed to get, it's so off. Pudding, and it's it takes a very so awkward long. way to start a movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can't you can't even get invested in any of these things because you're just trying to figure out if this is a person. Right? Yeah. Is he telling the truth? Mm -hmm. Like it'd be cool if he just was like lying the whole time. And there was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish there was some like more, a little more, a few more scenes with his mom. Like yeah. his mom is like in a PR. The waitress. Yeah. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? I know. I'm always sunny. Yeah. 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 Um, that's what I was like. I was like, why is that smile so arresting? <laughs> <laughs> I do like what you said about it's hard to figure out what his motivation is. And I think it really kind of gets told to you explicitly later on when he's talking to John Peters, Bradley Cooper's character. And he's like, oh, you're from the streets. Like, you're a, you're a hustler just like me. And that's when it's finally kind of really made, made known what this character is after and what he's doing. I, I thought it was conveyed well enough. I understood that, you know, he's on his hustle and like that's that's what he's going through. But I do agree that it, it, it feels like it meanders its way there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's no self-reflection. There's never a point where he's like, oh, my acting career's up or like, you know, mm -hmm. I need, you know, we need rent money or something like that. There's no environmental reason for him to do the things he's doing. So they feel just kind of like dreams. 
I, I think that you could leave them as childish uh, dreams and they would function the same way because they don't feel necessary to a plot. No, I, I agree with that. Because again, I'll just say it just feels so out of place and so odd that a 15-year-old is pulling all this stuff off. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually kind of like the idea of it just, this is an imagined future that he has where he's successful in this way. Yeah, because yeah. who would buy a waterbed from a nine-year-old? Yeah, who would, like, when they're, they go in the waterbed store and the kid's just, like, reading the script, like, so awkwardly. Yeah. Right, right, like, yeah. Like, looking at a piece of paper, I'd be like, I'm not buying anything from you, whether yeah. it's only $40 for a bed. Yeah. Right, and Greg's talking about, like, yeah, it's completely puncture-proof. We put it up against the most strenuous tests. Oh, but when Gary's selling it and he's all, like... <laughs> It was like, it comes with ashtrays on the side. It's like, well, what happens to the cigarette, you know, like you put it against the waterbed. It's like the water is so cold during the summer, but during the winter, it's actually not. He just like skits right past him. Like, that's very salesman-y yeah. right there. Yeah. That's something that yeah. I would do. He's so good. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. love, too, he was like, this is made from our, this is our finest vinyl, 100% Arabian vinyl. And then he says that and says all of his other elements. And then, then this model is 100% Arabian vinyl. Yeah. And like the exact mm-hmm. same thing you don't realize because he's yeah. changed up his cadence because mm-hmm. he's so good at tricking people. Yeah. Which is why it makes it so hard to see him with Alana. Right. So let's move on to Alana then because this is the character who he's sharing the screen with and uh, you know I would say these are the two protagonists of the film. They, they're together a lot but then they also kind of have their own segments where they're doing their own thing. So my question would just be, what does Alana want? What is what is her motivation through this story, and how is she developing? Um, I think she just wants to be carried and not do anything for herself but have things done for her kind of thing. I think she's a mid-20s person who is very lazy and doesn't know what she wants and doesn't have any kind of goals or aspirations. And she works, she's taking pictures of high school kids, and for some reason, you know, a 15-year-old kid's like, hey, I'm making money. Let's go out. And yeah, like, right. She's just so... Let's get jawbreakers. Yeah, and like she she like literally goes because like, I mean, he's self-respecting 25-year-old I think is not going to go on a date with a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't call it a date. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so weird. You know, like you always recognize some... You can recognize things in younger people that you are attracted to, whether yeah. it's I mean, just yeah. their... Like an element of maturity. Will be attractive. Like yeah. an element of maturity. Yeah. Maybe it's a maturity. Maybe they're super hot. Maybe it's just... <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I think, I think the most attractive thing is all the potential. Like, you look at someone and you remember you were that age or you want to be like that, and you're like, they had, like, so many options. I had so many options at that point in my life. And mm. do I still have options? It doesn't seem like people are just telling me I'm good at stuff anymore. So, like... <laughs> Where are all the people saying you could be president one day? Probably not. People were telling you that when you were 15? Yeah. Well, was oh, really people good. were telling me, Gee, I, stop smoking weed and get to class. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I was I was voted most likely to be president I think in that's, eighth I grade. I believe that. I, think I was, that's anybody with good grades, though. Yeah, it totally was. The other girl that was voted most likely to be president was also, she was slightly higher than me in GPA. Oh, oh my nice. goodness. Yeah, I, uh, my bitter rival... We, I never spoke to him. And you've carried that anger with you ever since. Like. I know, yeah. <laughs> I was voted most likely to go, wait, what? Classic grade. It's a real thing that happened. And as it was happening, they're like, Jaden, I was like, what's going on? They're like, calling me off the stage, like, receive this, like, weird award for being, like, spacey in class. <laughs> and I was like, like, what's happening? I was like, literally had no idea. I was like, did I win best hair? They were like, no. And I was like, this school is stupid. <laughs> 
I did win best hair my senior year though. So happy about <laughs> oh, that. nice. Yeah, yeah, by senior year, yeah. Yeah, it was very long. That so was great, good. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of best hair, it's like interesting that Alana is such a like sex object. Like everybody thinks she's like the next sexy thing. Grace Kelly. Like she's got yeah. so much the, her <laughs> English pitbull with sex appeal. <laughs> yeah. And a <laughs> very Jewish nose. Yeah. So yeah, that's so interesting too, just to see how like that maybe that's the dream at that moment for a young girl. Yeah. But will it be next year or whatever? Right. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that her biggest claim to fame was that she's the chaperone for a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that she gets shushed in the audience for, yeah. for bragging about this thing. Yeah, exactly. Like what? I'm a, so, I'm a chaperone, and then turns immediately to another person. I'm like, dude, shut the <laughs> fuck up. Yeah, but yeah, like the entire idea of um, her saying that she's a child chaperone, it, it makes it so hard to understand what her motivation is as well. Like you could have really shot it a, a completely different way. You could have had given her like a lanyard or like a, a backstage pass that showed, Oh look, I'm important and had her like really, you know, making sure it's always facing forward, tucked into a certain spot or, you know, like, you know, dropping a little cleavage to show. <laughs> <Decolletage>. yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of her like wagging it to people like, Oh, do you see this? Yeah, exactly. This, like this pass oh, I, have, I, have I have an itch and like scraping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's actually that's a. It would build more of the humor that I think is this is supposed to be a funny movie. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be about wacky it's hijinks. Supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, not her being be. a creepy chaperone. <laughs> yeah. but I but I think that's pretty pedophilic to me. That would <laughs> it would drive home the point more that this is supposed to be fun story about like I think Katya mentioned like coming of age and like, yeah. growing up and doing these things together and to have like a yeah her showing off the badge would have been a really fun way to do that mm-hmm. so I think uh, kind of a point of contention with this movie is that the relationship and the age gap there does this movie make more sense or does it work out better for you if they're closer in age or does it change a lot for you or do you just kind of think it shouldn't be there in general just really think it shouldn't exist <laughs> but does it like I mean, ba- Does it make but, relationship like, make other, other than like the age gap, I mean, which is super creepy and weird and shouldn't be happening. I just don't think that the, that they are cohesive as far as like yeah. really or romantically. I just don't think that it works as far as their personalities. Like Gary is so such a different person than Alana. Right. I just don't think that it mixes well and makes good chemistry for a, a movie. Like It's not good on film. Right. Yeah, it's not believable. They're, they're both doing their own thing. I think that's part of the problem I have with it is they have zero chemistry when they're on screen together. They're so obtuse and against each other so often. And you have a couple heartfelt moments where Alana's chasing after Gary after he's been arrested. And you have Gary chasing after Alana after she's fallen off the motorcycle. And those are, to me, the two big heartfelt moments. And the fact that they're then spliced back in at the end Mm -hmm. when they're both running for each other. It's this really unearned, corny tie-in that this is a a real romance and it mattered to these characters but the rest of the movie is like it none of it's earned to me and it's so odd that i don't buy it in the end yeah yeah i think if you wanted to i think you could have made this a little bit more accessible if you did lower the age gap i feel like part of my problem of not understanding these motivations uh, is a i don't understand what he's doing as a child a child actor and why he's selling waterbeds that's one issue I have with understanding his motivation. The other issue I have is I cannot understand why this 25-year-old is here. Like, if we 
if we moved it to like 18 it'd be way more believable yeah yeah yeah, 17 and 19 maybe even because then she's in college moving on to a different uh stage of life looking to do other things he's 17 he still has another year of high school they're still at different stages and that conflict and tension is there about you know like you're still too young this is only this is a very believable age gap for anybody of any age um of consenting adult relations but it's still different stages of life that um, that that would that would put them in that odds with each other, and I think it's yeah. still it's still easier. Um, it's much easier than to see them as a couple, but at the same time, they're still both so interested in using each other to get ahead yeah. that there is that significant desire of what they want with their lives that keeps you from believing that anything romantic is happening. Yeah, I'd way prefer for there to be like. Maybe he's in love with her the whole time, but she just never yeah. goes back. But they're always together, always friends. She's always using him for something. He's always mm. trying to get her. And then it just like never happens. But maybe they stay together. But like, yeah, no running love no. moments because, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And also one of the most uncomfortable moments I've ever experienced in a movie is when uh, Gary is, is macking on that girl that is around his age when they're in the waterbed store or whatever, and then she like comes up to him yeah. and starts like hugging him and all this stuff. He just like like ducks underneath of her arms and oh my god, that's great. I was like, <laughs> yeah. this is so fucking weird. Like she gets jealous. Yeah, and like she just starts acting crazy and she's like running down the street, just like makes out with that guy and then keeps running. <laughs> but then like the best line in the movie happens immediately after she walks into her house and her dad's like, what the fuck? Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He goes like, "Excuse me." <laughs> it is great. Yeah, I love. It. I love every time she comes home. Yeah. She's like, "Who the fuck is Lisa?" <laughs> you know Lisa. No, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, and then to think at like what odds she is with her parents, like what her parents probably thought was gonna happen when they came to Hollywood to raise her family. Yeah, and like what she's doing, it's like. <laughs> What, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So I would be asking my daughter that every day. I'm like, what, what's your what's your plan with your you know like your life? The most important thing that you have going for you. I also wonder if they expect her to get married or if it's beyond that point. Yeah. So just like you're just gonna guess live live in our house forever. Well, yeah. I think it's kind of built into the character is like she is arguing with her sister like, oh you you you're a realtor. You work with mom and dad. Like you're so perfect. And it really just emphasizes that Alana doesn't have anything going on mm-hmm. and that. Yeah. The most interesting thing in her life is hanging out with a 15 year old kid and his friends. Until later in the movie when she has these connections to like politics and thinks she can actually make a change. There's like a moment of maybe I can make a change. Yeah. And literally all she had to do was make a phone call to do something. And she just had not done that in her life. Yeah. She, yeah. she, she was lazy. I guess yeah, that's true. Yeah. Her moment of, care, uh, of clarity was when she watched uh, her 15 year old friends um, giving fake blowjobs to <laughs> a gas can. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I gotta get, I gotta go change the world. I love the environment. <laughs> I actually, I actually like how that scene's put together. It's her seeing, you know, these these kids acting like kids and being juvenile, and realizing like, what am I doing? Yeah, like I need to, I need to find something serious in my life, and and it's ham fisted, and it's obvious, you know, she sees the poster and she's gonna go work for the councilman and everything. But I, I actually like the way that scene's put together. It spelled out her motivation in a way that I, I caught on to. Yeah. And it, it made sense to me. But it just builds into more of this like kind of jealousy and uh, them always being at odds with each other. Like, you know, she's into the councilman. She's also into... Uh, she's into who she can use to get ahead. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's like the thing is like, like 
that just really explains to me like how like much like how much I don't like her as a human being mm-hmm. or as a character is the fact that like you know she's like there and Billy's obviously like dude great mustache I'm fucking oh, you and cool. oh Brian Brian yeah. that's it <laughs> dude, <I'm- laughs> I love your mustache dude great mustache you know he's cool he got you into here and the second that she thinks that the councilman or like one of the councilmen or whatever wants to you know have coitus with her she just <laughs> she's like yep Fuck yeah. you, Brian. I'm out. Like just, immediately yeah. moved on. Yeah. yeah. And he just lies to him. She's like, yeah, just meet me here. And like, no, I'll be, even though there was zero intention of her doing that. And just like, you just immediately just have no empathy towards this person. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me feel like you're a horrible human. Yeah. Especially since he is so deeply unattractive compared to Brian. Yes. Yeah. Brian, Brian, okay. Brian. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Brian, yeah. Is, Brian is handsome. <laughs> Brian works it. Yeah. yeah. Brian and Bradley Cooper. Easily yeah. the most good-looking people Bradley in this movie. Insane. <laughs> and I actually love him in this movie. I think. Yeah, I think. Me too. I think. I, actually, my favorite parts in the whole movie are um, the two scenes with um, Bradley Cooper and the scene at Tale of the Cock with Tom Waits and Sean Penn, because a those actors are so great, and it also there's um, you know there's a meta discussion about like the persona of Hollywood and these big personalities and how none of them care about each other or what they're doing. It's yeah. just all about their image. And that, I think, I think the, the whole movie is actually summed up um, when Alana is talking to uh, uh, Sean Penn's character, uh, Jack... Uh, William Holden. That's what it says on, like... Sure, isn't it Jack? It was I Jack like something. Jack, yeah. Jack Holden. Yeah, Jack, yeah, Jack Holden. Holden. It's weird that it's William. It says William. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but but he's talking to her and she's like, "Are we reading lines?" And that sums up everything about this movie. Everyone feels completely inauthentic. Yeah, yeah. And I can totally buy all like everything about Gary. Then, like, if we just weren't force feeding what seems like a real love story, because if we just make it about this. Everybody trying to get ahead and being a persona and idea, this is all a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. And like Alana even says to Jack, like, because he's going on about this bridge in Korea, and she's like, Yeah, but I'm sexy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's still, everyone is like really self centered. It's always about them. Mm -hmm. It's always about using someone, and it's always about getting ahead. It's terrible. And that's why some of like the romance feels so unearned to me. Like, uh, I think it is spelled out really well when like Jack is going to go jump the the chairs on fire and Alana falls off and he doesn't even care. Cause yeah. it's just yeah, right before he said, she said, do you even remember my name? Right. Yeah. yeah I don't even remember standing. that you're there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no idea. And so then to have Gary run up and it's, it's supposed to be a heartfelt moment, but you've built into your scene that like no one cares about each other mm-hmm. and it's just about putting on a show and it's about getting attention. So uh, that scene doesn't like land very well to me. And then uh, like I've said to reuse it later to drive home that there's a real romance here. It feels really inauthentic to me. I think yeah. it could have. I think it could have been a catalyst, but he continues acting the same way after yeah. that. Yeah, same. Even yeah, both of them have catalytic moments, and then it just goes back to what it was. Yeah. They continue not liking yeah. each other. Yeah, which is it's just so odd. Like even a moment that I think is supposed to be like them really coming together, where Alana's like, "Do you want to see my boobs?" Yeah, and it's supposed to be like, "Okay, like they're gonna build off this moment and have a relationship," and then she slaps him and leaves. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Do these people even care about each other at all? And that's what makes the their relationship so hard to suss out. What do they even want out of this? What are what are either of them even getting out of this? Yeah, she absolutely came back to show off her boobs to be like, I still need my connections. Yeah, and that made that whole scene so much more uncomfortable. And I thought it was funny from the trailer. Yeah, and she did it like after he said she can't be naked on screen or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. Mm. 
So maybe she's like, there, now you saw it. Now I'm going to go be naked yep. as Rainbow, which we would assume that's what that movie's about. Yeah, I could not understand. Yeah, she's from Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Her name is Rainbow. How that movie is not about sex. <laughs> uh, but Calvin, you talked about liking the scenes with Bradley Cooper, and I want to move more into what are some things we actually enjoyed in this movie. I think it, the story is like, it's something that you can get really hung up on and not get a lot out of and not enjoy. But I do agree with you. I think I think the reason Bradley Cooper is used in the trailer so much is because he's probably the better part of this film. And I love the little conversations he's having with Gary about, you know, like they're, they're both coming up from the streets and he'll kill him. His, he'll strangle his brother in front of him. And that, a dog. <laughs> that, that little bit of dialogue, I, I think, is probably like the, to me, was like one of the highlights of the movie. Yeah. Take, I want, I want you to take your excuse and I want to shove it. I want you to shove it up your pee hole. How, how big is your how pee big hole? Pee? Yeah. <laughs> Regular <laughs> sized. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. That's not going to feel good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big excuse. <laughs> So were there any other elements of this movie that you guys walked away from like, oh, I, I at least like, got a laugh out of that or I, I I like this scene or I like how this part is acted or written? Pretty much uh, uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, I, he's a great actor and I think that he did a good job in this movie and I kind of don't know why he's in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, if I was Bradley Cooper, I'd be like, I'm going to go do a better movie. <laughs> yeah. At least I gotta smash some cars. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's him being like the biggest sleaze ball on earth. Like when those tennis ladies are walking by, he's like, oh, hey. And he starts just like spitting game right away. I'm like, yeah, this dude gets hella tail. I he's tell. such yeah. He's like, I love tail. It, yeah. It'll kill me one day. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like the most overtly like insane and inauthentic and crazy person, but it makes him feel like the most, like he the most honest person in the whole thing. Yep. He's just doing yeah. whatever he wants. He absolutely is the final version of Gary because of yeah. the white pants too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All yeah. the white pants. Mm-hmm. They're all like ripped up on the sides and stuff. Dude. dude yeah. It's great. So I, my, my favorite thing about this movie, I, there are really two things that um, before I started putting together this idea of uh, this discussion of what Hollywood is, because I was really hung up on this idea of it being a nostalgia trip. I think it's a little bit that, but I don't I don't think that that's really it. I think that's more it affects the aesthetic. One of my favorite things from a formalistic standpoint is how the camera moves. Um, the way that first she- scene is shot with just their close-ups. Like you don't even see his friends or anybody else in line for a while. It's just their two faces. We chase them a lot uh, through uh, buildings. Um, it's It's so much fun. It's so so well done and it really puts you on the street in california all of that stuff really saves a lot of this movie for me because it visually tells a story that when your story actually isn't saying anything you know like right right like everything like that part is actually exciting and interesting and your your story like that you're trying to spell out for me i'm having a hard time understanding what you're saying right um so that's the big thing for me but then Really watching it the second time, it's it's all about manufactured authenticity, about a guy who wants to open a Japanese restaurant that he's had in fi- for 15 years in Tokyo and has never spoken uh, Japanese, <laughs> where all everyone who works there is uh, Japanese except for uh, Frisbee. Frisbee. Yeah. yeah. Or are they? So you're like, are they? Yeah. Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's about um, a publicist um, or uh, agent who loves to tell people what they are and the, and bro- break them down on, based on their physical features. It's yeah. about uh, 
uh, actors and actresses that don't care what other people are. Like you're just you're just uh, a satellite in my orbit, and I need you to see me. But that's all that I need you for. Yeah. Like that. Like that is the the dominant thing about this movie, which makes everything about um, Gary's. Uh, hustling so easy to stomach because like he fits right into everybody else and he can sell all of these ideas and these products to people because they're all slimy and skeezy yeah 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 i don't remember yeah for sure i think from a cinematography point of view and a film that i a scene that i think would be tough to execute and that i think this film pulled off really well is the the part where uh gary's gang are handing out the flyers uh, and they're going through the school, mm-hmm. and I, I, I just think it's really great. The the camera's just kind of side sweeping, and one kid will stop to like hand off a flyer, and then it immediately starts starts tracking on the the next member of the gang, and it sweeps around a corner, and it's just like this really, it's a really cool continuous shot that I'm sure was pretty tough to execute, and so I can always appreciate a film that pulls off something like that in terms of just a uh, visualizing this uh kind of progression of this pinball arcade. It, that was a cool way to pull it off. I, I like that scene a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that scene. I much preferred the pinball arcade to the waterbed store. And there was a lot of cool stuff with reflections that they filmed. Like mm. there's moments of like, yeah, seeing, which also made it a little confusing because you didn't always know where it was coming from, but it was cool that they had the reflections. But uh, I never laughed. I just wanted to give a shout out to the casting director because she was my favorite person. And she's the one that was telling Alana. She just all of a sudden comes out of nowhere, and she's just like, "You're a fighter, you're a fighter, aren't you?" Like, right. she's my favorite person. I was like, "You're the only person that I think is funny in this whole movie." Uh, like a pit bull. Yeah, a, yeah. A I mentioned smile. that earlier, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, like one thing that I think is like at least genuinely like romantic and stuff like that is like uh, when Alana's just rolling the truck down the mountainside, <laughs> right? Because they've run out of gas. Yeah, and they uh, come up to a stoplight and. Obviously, she can't stop. Otherwise, you know they're screwed. Right. And so she's just like, "I'm gonna run the." She's like, "I'm gonna run the stop sign." And there was a stoplight, but she does say stop sign, and it fucks me. I, I thought yeah. the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and just right away, Gary, without hesitation, like, "I trust you." And I was like, "That's that's love right there." Like if you can if you can just trust someone to run a run a stop sign or stoplight, it's like, yeah, it's cool. No, I think that's actually yeah. a, a genuine. Moment that, that's that they have. genuine. Other than that. Nope. In a movie that is these two people being so catty to each other, yeah. uh, to have like a real moment like that, I, I think the if you want the romance to like function well, they need to have more moments like that. Yep. Uh, but one of the things I also really like about that scene is it's very tense. It's it feels like a departure from the feel of the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. and I do agree. I think it's executed really well, and like the the music cuts out, and you just hear the 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 sound of the tires on the pavement. And she's so focused and concentrated, and she even like shoves Gary back. Yeah. That way she can see out the side mirror and everything. Yeah. I I like a a movie that can like add different elements in, and uh, it change up its tone a little bit to to evoke like a different emotion you're supposed to have. It's just supposed to feel serious. And so I feel like it's I the first time in the movie where Alana acts like an adult, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. She like because... steps up and she's like, "Someone has to do this. It's got to be me," kind of thing. Yeah. And then immediately after is when you know they're jerking off with the, the guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And she's like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm too old for this shit. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, look at what I just did. And yeah. We could have died. Yep. Like, and now I'm hanging out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends. <laughs> and Bradley Cooper didn't even recognize me. When he, <laughs> when she's like trying to hide her, hide her face. I'm like, I don't think Bradley Cooper cares at all. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a bit about how this movie doesn't feel, like the, the love story in this movie doesn't feel very earned. I That's how it wraps up. And it's with that montage of them running. 
what do we think of the end and are there any are there any changes you would make calvin made a really good point to me after we had watched it and talked about it a little bit but i i, I like a little tweak that you had to it uh, do you want to like elaborate on that well so the idea is so in this movie the biggest theme is inauthenticity it's your idea of what other people are in your orbit right so it's all about projection. So if you change the last line in the film from I love you, Gary Valentine, to a dub over of Gary saying, and that's when Alana Kane fell in love with me, then I think everything works a lot better. Then it really questions whether any of that relationship was ever even meant to look authentic because it's his idea of someone falling in love with him. Oh, she wants me. This 25-year-old woman, she wants me. And questioning that by um, cr- by uh, adding in whose perspective this, this movie had really been from because before it felt like it was fairly even between Alana and from Gary. But if you make it, if you end it like that, then it's most likely... I, you're, I think you're, the, the takeaway is that everything is from Gary's perspective yeah. and everything is inauthentic. Mm-hmm. I think it makes the movie, like I said, much more fun Sandlot feel. It's just kids and their hijinks and adventures they're going on. And then to end it off with, this is this was the start of the love story. It's not the love story. And then you can go away from the film being like, you can create your own story of how Gary Valentine and Alana end up together and what their future is. But the way it's set up is like these are two people who don't even seem to like each other and that they're in love at the end. It's it's not cohesive in the movie for me. Like the romance doesn't fit at all. And I, I just like it much better if it's just it's just fun story uh, of uh, of a group of kids. And then you find out later that hey, this was like a, the, the beginning of this relationship they were going to have. Yeah. I, so, I mean, I don't even know, like, because at the end of it, I still feel like I was like pretty upset. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Calvin saw my face. <laughs> I was actually, I wasn't even watching the movie. I was just watching your face. Yeah, I was, I was, it, I was pretty mad. It, it got further levels yeah. of scrunch. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what? Right. Why? When they kissed, I was like, gross. Yeah, like, you still don't. need to edit that out. That's yeah, that's that's that disgusting. Yeah, yeah, that is gross. <laughs> right. Also, um, and then I'm just like, okay, so this is just gonna be getting progressively worse for both of their wives. That's all I thought. I was like, this this is not a happy ending mm-hmm. by any means whatsoever no i didn't feel happy i did not think the last line was necessary and then you could you could have just had them running to the gas station and then bradley cooper was there smashing stuff up that would have been amazing yeah. that would have been a great way to end the movie and then you're like they're like oh yeah, yeah. oh Life that's is crazy that's such a great oh that's such a great idea <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah. my thought on how i would end it is uh they get back to the uh the arcade and he introduces her as miss valentine yeah and i thought it would have been great she just like slaps him and then it's like cut to credits and then you, because then I think yeah. again, you get to you get to then imagine how is their relationship going forward. Yeah, and I, you've already built in that there there's a romance between them and love, and they they ran for each other. So you know that that's going forward. But then you also get like that slap and that snap back to like they also are been catty to each other this whole time, and it would make sense for her to react that way. Yeah, and, and then I think you get to imagine your own story after that. But to have it end with like I'm in love with you, and I was like, for a, a un, 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 unearned romance, it, it felt like the wrong line. Yeah. Yeah. I think both of those suggestions for an ending are even better than mine. I think mine is the <laughs> simplest thing you could have yeah. done, but I feel like both of those endings are stronger. Yeah. Because they're still within the 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 realism of the movie. And I think then it, it carries forward the charisma that Gary has and then it carries on the uh how kind of obtuse and uh angry Alana can get at Gary for these just brash like claims that he makes and like his his just how 
much bravado he has that he would even claim something like that to have her like slap him and that would be it just carries on the themes of those two characters well and then you could see them actually working out potentially as yeah. well You're yeah like, okay maybe they balance somehow yeah maybe she <laughs> just kind of chills with him for three years and then is finally like okay it's legal <laughs> I'll teach you how to drive. Yeah. yeah well, if you want, she's, you she's could drive. Crystal at him. Yeah, Sorry, that was can... bad. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I was gonna make a drive my car joke, but that's clearly out, been outclassed. <laughs> Dude, how odd is it that Crystalia played a pedophile in a movie? Twice, 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 twice. Because he played one in Workaholics too. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What? Yeah, he was uh, Bieber Hole sixty nine. <laughs> that was his name on the chat and workaholics and he comes over to their house with an xbox and like all these cool toys and they're gonna like beat the shit out of him because he's a pedophile but then they're like oh but he has cool stuff let's just hang out with him oh my gosh and then he's like i'm not gay dude i was like having sex with little boys oh my god it's weird that yeah. is the hiding in plain sight thing is like so it's so egotistical yeah to is. think that you can pull that off and i hate that we saw his show and yeah. loved it so much it was so his stand-up funny. is hilarious <laughs> he's a terrible person the guy who opened up for him was great too <laughs> Awesome. So one of the reasons we're talking about this is because it was a nominee for Best Picture. And my thought on why it was nominated is that it's it's a story about Hollywood. It's about actors. And I think that that's what got it the bump to be to be nominated. Because, I, again, I don't think it's that good. I just think it's like the Academy looked at the content and they were like, oh, we need to prop this up because it's it's about us. It's, it's about our industry. And so I wonder, d- did this deserve to be a Best Picture nominee, or do you have any thoughts on uh, why it was nominated in the first place? Um, just, I mean, just to be fully transparent, I couldn't give a shit less about any kind of Oscar or Academy Award or For anything sure. like that. I don't <laughs> don't care why they're there or who it was even nominated for it. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I think that your point is very, very concrete. Um, I think it has probably a lot to do with it. Like, I mean, there's huge name actors playing small roles in this movie Probably because it's about Hollywood. Yeah. Shout out to John C. Riley as Frankenstein. Was that him? Okay. That was totally, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, sounds just like him. I was like, that's Dewey Cox. Yeah. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad you confirmed that because yeah, Jaden mentioned that. He's like, that's got to be John C. Riley. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. we didn't see for sure, but I watched it twice. I was yeah. like, that's got to be John C. Riley. Yeah. It's this. Uh, it's this podcast's official opinion that John C. Riley was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think this has less to do with an, the idea of a uh, of it being a Hollywood circle jerk about being about actors because I don't think this is telling good stories about actors. This is a very cynical take on Hollywood personas in general. So I don't think this is something that the the Academy or anybody that is an actor would look at this like, yeah, that's the kind of image we want to give ourselves where we don't give it where we don't care about other people. I think the biggest thing about why this uh, got na- nominated is because. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is an amazing director. He's made uh, There Will Be Blood. He's made The Master. He's made Phantom Thread, which was Daniel Day-Lewis's last film. He's made some genuinely exceptional films, and you can see a lot of that mastery in the cinematography here. And the other thing I think that, you know, you can kind of suggest that this was maybe like a Hollywood circle jerk, maybe to your point, is that it was kind of described as a, a big family um production the the Himes or the Hames Alana's family that's actually her real family shout out to dad great actor yeah 
that's her real family. Uh, her sisters, uh, they're all in a band um, that was Grammy nominated. Oh, wow. Uh, the Haim yeah. sister, Haim sisters. They're all family friends with Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson was, you know, friends with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman because they did the master together. That's the only reason that Cooper is in this movie is because he wanted someone that was a little more naturalistic to match Alana's style. Um, his wife is Maya Rudolph. Which is and she's she's in, in this movie too, yeah, right. I think a co- and I think a lot of their kids and stuff played uh, the kids in the movie because all, this was a COVID movie as well. So it was like this idea that you know we're all in a pod together, let's shoot it together, and it'll all just be a big block party type thing. That's the only thing I could think like. But otherwise, it's just that very small circle of um, of creators. I don't think that the the Academy looked at this and thought, yeah, this is a celebration of Hollywood. Because I don't think it is a celebration of Hollywood. I think it's a deconstruction of it with a weird love story uh, uh, slapped in the middle. Um, so I think it just genuinely has some good things. And again, like if you're going to make 10 movies, uh, the requirement to be 10 new movies to, uh, to be nominated for Best Picture... Some of them are gonna look like this. Okay, no, that's that's fair. <laughs> I don't have a lot of thoughts. The last time I watched the Oscars was in uh, 2017, and I got a speeding ticket on the way to the viewing party, so I stopped caring after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Associating with like bad memories, so you oh, just keep away from it. Yeah, I showed up, and then nothing happened, and I was still an hour early. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have good snacks? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, we're going to wrap this one up. I just want to thank Calvin for being on as always, Katya for joining us, and thanks for being on, Jaden. And remember, you can find our podcast on any platform like Apple Music or Spotify. We also upload all these to YouTube. So go ahead and leave a comment. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're doing wrong. And if you have any suggestions on uh, movies we should review in the future, go ahead and leave it in the comments. And with that, thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting. <laughs>